Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. so pumped up about this new series we're kicking off today. I am like so pumped up about this series because it's, it's, listen, many people will tell you that, oh, you know, you, you want to read the song of songs, the song of Solomon, you know, oh, that's for, for married folk. And, and I totally disagree. I, I say that if you're going to, you know, Read the Song of Solomon, one of the greatest pieces of literature about love and relationship and all of that stuff. You do that before marriage. That's my personal opinion. What I'm going to do over these next several weeks is I'm going to take you through this entire book. And this book is so beautiful because it takes you about these two people who fall in love, madly in love, right? It takes you from their courtship. It takes you from their how they attract each other to each other. It takes you to to, to when they're married. And, and listen, they have this... It's eight chapters in the book. We're not going to go through all eight. We're going to go through a lot of it, though, right? And, and you find it in a section of the Bible known as the wisdom section. That's where you have Psalms, the book of Job. You, you, you have Proverbs, and, and, and you have this book as well. You have Ecclesiastes, the book of wisdom. And this eight-chapter book, what we're going to go through, and you'll see two chapters in this book are dedicated to how they handle conflict. Really. Now, now, now there's a part of it that, that uh, you know, Kids are not allowed to come to because it gets a little spicy, like muy caliente spicy. You're going to actually hear where, where literally in this book, this couple makes love. And it's, ve- oh, my goodness, it's very descriptive. It, 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 it's going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. It made me. I was sweating like, whoa, Jesus. After I read that, I was like, I need a fake cigarette. It was that deep. So. Yeah, yeah. It took a while. I had to hit y'all. It came all the way around. Boom. But it's that spicy. So it's, um, we're going to, we, listen, we're grown folk, right? We're going to have that conversation. Not today, but later. Solomon, this is, this is so powerful. It's so, so wonderful. But today what I want to focus on is the power of attraction. Now, now I, I know we got some married folk. I know we got some folk that may be dating. I know we have some people that, 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 that are in a courtship right now. We got some single folk that are looking for their perfect mate. But there are four qualities you must have. You must have. But there are also four qualities that that person that you're searching for must have. And I want to really unpack those Today, I, I want to unpack those today, and we're going to look at Song of Solomon, chapter 1, and we're going to kind of work our way all the way down, and then we're going to touch just a little bit into chapter 2, because everything that I tell you right now is, is, is the setup for, for everything you need to know to have a godly marriage or find that godly mate. And then if you do these things, 
I'm going to jump over to chapter 2 to show you the results. Just a little bit, all right? Let me pray and then let's get started. God, thank you so much for this awesome opportunity. God, I thank you for this beautiful body of literature written several millennia ago, over 900 years ago. This, 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 this scripture, this book, these eight chapters, which are relevant today and useful. God, if we just read this book, we don't need to go to the club. We don't need uh, advice experts. God, we just need to go to this book, which is all we need. God bless this word today. I, I thank you so much for the license and permission to share it. I pray that I continue to keep it as authentic as it already is. I pray that these words that I share today really rest on the heart of everybody here and that we leave this place changed. In Jesus' name, amen. There are four essential qualities that you need to develop, but that you should always and always should be looking for in your mate. And then I'm going to tell you, when I read this, this is exactly how my wife and I met. Exactly. And I'll explain that throughout. The four qualities, the very first thing I want to share with you, Song of Solomon 1, 2 through 3. The verse says, it says, kiss me and kiss me again. This is the woman talking about her, her lover. She says, kiss me and kiss me again for your love is sweeter than wine. Your love is sweeter than wine. How fragrant is your cologne. Your name is like it's spreading fragrance. No wonder all the young women love you. When, when, when she's talking about his fragrance, she's literally complimenting, on, complimenting him on how handsome he is. Men in those days literally lavished themselves with oil, fragrant oil. And here's the reason why. If you were able to even afford the fragrant oil, you were somebody. And, 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 and a lot of them didn't have access to this fragrant oil. And so for her to acknowledge that, that meant he was handsome. But that's not what attracted her. Let's follow what else she said here. She says, how fragrant your cologne. Here's the part you got to get. Your name is like it's spreading fragrance. Your name is like it's spreading fragrance. Fragrance is what she's talking about, and that, my brothers and sisters, she's talking specifically about his character. That was her main attraction, his character, his name. He had a great name. The very word that describes this here, the Greek word that describes this here, the, the word is karasso. Karasso. That this is where the word character comes from, and the very definition of it is to engrave or inscribe. The, the, the stuff that, 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 that your name stands for, the stuff that your character is built upon are those things that will not fade away, that will not go away, that you cannot purchase. These are the things that are engraved in the very DNA of who you are. And she's saying your name is beautiful. Your character is what I'm so deeply attracted to. The first thing that you need to do is develop godly character or you need to be looking for someone that has godly character. The first thing that needs to happen. I want to share this with you all. 
because a lot of people tend to get this confused. There is a difference between character and reputation. A lot of times we associate the two. Oh, he's got a good rep or man, she's got a great reputation, but that does not mean that they have good character. I know plenty of people that had a great rep that did great things, but their character was questionable. What we're looking for is character, the very thing that is engraved in their spiritual DNA. So what we're looking for is character. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what reputation is. Reputation is what people think about you. Character is who you really are. Reputation is what people say about you, but character is who you really are. There's no, defi- there's no way getting around it. It's who you really are. And you need to be looking for someone who has godly character. The man's name, she says, is greater than his looks. She started by complimenting him. Oh, yeah, you fine. You, you all right. You smell good. But what I like about you most is your character. His name was greater than his looks. And later on, we'll learn that her looks are even more important than her skin. Mm, This is getting good. This is getting good. This is getting good. If you have godly character, let me share this with you. This is the good part. This is why I'm talking about us working on us first. See, the godly character stuff starts with us. Like attracts like. When I met my wife, had I met her just one to two years prior, there would never be no Broderick Santiago and Erica Santiago. Why? Because I wasn't as godly. But here's what happened. I was in a place where I was so deeply in love and searching for not a woman. I had plenty of them in my life. I don't want a woman. I want God. And then I let God send the woman that's looking for me. And she didn't want a man. She wasn't looking for a man. She was looking for God. And what happened was we were both running this race. We were both on this track. We were on this journey looking for God. And I just so happened to look to my right and I said, hey, cutie. And she said, hey, handsome. And we were on the same track. We were on the same journey. We were looking for God and looking for each other. And once I realized she was looking for God and she realized I was looking for God, I said, hey, why don't we just do this together? Because we both possessed godly character. She wasn't looking for a man. I wasn't looking for a woman. We were looking for God, but we decided that it would be best if we look for God together. And now here we are going into our 12th year of of definitely the courtship, but our 12th year of marriage in September. We were on the same track looking for the same thing. I want to share this with you. I want to share this. This is so important. It starts with the man. The Bible tells us, it doesn't say a woman that finds a good man finds a good thing and finds favor in God. Does it say that? If you don't know that scripture, it says it in the Bible. The Bible says it clear. The Bible doesn't lie. The Bible is the truth. It says a man, a man that finds a good thing, finds a wife, finds a good thing, and finds favor with God. The man. So, 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 so all my sisters that may be looking, you better stop because you're not supposed to be. No offense. Because the man has to find you. But if you are looking for anything, you need to be looking for God. 
And while you're looking for God, I guarantee that godly man that has godly character is going to find you. I want to tell you this. If you're looking for somebody based upon the physical appearance, (laughs) this is the disappointing part. Eventually, that changes. The moment you see them all fine, all muscular and all sexy and smelling good, that's as good as it's ever going to get because it goes downhill from there. I'm just being honest. As you get older, it goes downhill. The gray comes, the muscles there. You can keep muscles. I've seen a 70-year-old dude built doing, you know, some of the stuff I see James do, 70 years old. He looks good, but he's gray now, right? He, he, he not as, I bet you if he looks good at 70, imagine what he looked like at 23, 24, 20, 30, 40, whatever the years, right? It changes the best you're going to get. You're going to get that moment you fell in love with them, and that's it. You'll get just that physical attraction. It doesn't get better. You can dye it, you can fry it, you can do whatever. It doesn't get better. It goes downhill from there. None of us have found the fountain of youth. None of us, except for Pharaoh, Pharrell, whatever his name is. That dude just look, doesn't like he ages, man. He found something. That dude, y'all know he's like 100 years old, right? I'm just playing. <laughs> really, all jokes aside. If you're just basing it off of looks, if you're just basing it off of, 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 of their social status, if you're just basing it off of, of, of their income or, or their career or, 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 or wherever they are, oh, man, they got banked. You can, that money can go tomorrow. <laughs> money can go tomorrow. Looks can, they will fade away. The Bible even tells us that they will fade, right? But character doesn't go away. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's how God made you. Watch this. God set it up this way about for the man. The godly character starts with the man. How do I know? Let's go to the Old Testament, the very first book in the Bible. What happens there? You have Adam. God created Adam. And before he gave him a wife, God gave him himself. Before God gave Adam a wife, God said, here, have me first. Adam had God before he gave him the wife. He gave him the instructions. He gave him the, the, the this course of action. Adam had God before he gave, he had Eve. The man has to have God before he finds the woman he's supposed to choose. Now, I know all of us who may be married didn't start that way. I get that. But it's never too late to make sure that God is truly your foundation, that your character is built all around God. And it's set up in the very first book. Adam had God first, and then he was blessed with a wife. A man can't lead a marriage. A man can't lead a household. A man can't lead a family until he learns how to follow. And the following comes from following God. He can be married. He can have all of that. But a man cannot lead until he learns to follow. And once he learns to follow and submit to the higher power called God, then and only then does he develop godly character. Man, this is good preaching. All right. Brothers are like, move on, bro. Come on, man. You're so hard on him. Move on. What's the next point, bro? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Having a great marriage is not about finding the right person. Having a great marriage is all about being the right person. Huh? Having a great marriage is all about being the right person person. Andy Stanley said this, and, and, and I hope I don't mess it up. He says this, and this is so, so, so beautiful. Instead of looking for the right person, he says this, become the person that you are looking for is looking for. 
I'll say that slow because I had to think, I had to say it three times myself and still didn't get it at first. Become the person that you are looking for is looking for. In other words, develop the godly character that you want to have, that you want somebody else to have. You be that person first. Everything that you want in a person, you need to already be in order for that person to come. Men, when you find her, you already need to be her. I was tired of the type of women I had been dating for all the years I was dating before I found my wife. I was like, forget, forget this. I'm focusing on God. I'm focusing on God. And, 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 and one day God may bless me with a woman that, 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 that is searching for the same thing, a woman that's abstinent, a woman that, that, that loves art, that loves history, a woman that loves community service, all of the things that I love, a, a woman that's, that's just searching, constantly searching and hungry for God, not religion. I was searching for that thing and I was looking, but I had become the person that I was looking for. And so when it was time, God introduced me at some, a friend of mine's house that I was going to church with, introduced me to her at her house at the right time. And we didn't wait. I didn't wait. I was like, I want to date you immediately. I'm going out of town next week, but when I get back, I want to date you right away. Is that okay? It's okay. Good. We got back. We dated. We took a small pause because I was confused. Okay. I say that publicly. My wife will be happy I said that. I've never confessed that publicly. But we got back together. And when I got back together, I said, listen, I'm not dating. We're courting. And here's what that means. You are supposed to be my wife. And I'm confident that God blessed you just for me. You are the very rib that God pried from my side. Will you, will, will you, can we court with the purpose? That's what courtship is. And we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks. We prepared ourselves for marriage and remained pure until that day. We were married. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But she was perfect for me. And we got together on this thing called Carasso, character. Amen. Let's go to, 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 check this out. I love what Proverbs says. Proverbs 31.30 and 31 says this. When you find this type of woman, he says, charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. I told y'all. I told y'all. That's scripture. Beauty, you listen, you find now, but you listen, one point, you know, things going to change. Charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired and praised, brothers, catch this. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. Festoon her life with praises. That word festoon means adorn her life with praises. That means not because she's that doggone fine, not because she's got a whole bunch of money, not because she's so career driven. No, but because she fears God, you need to be praising her daily, adorn her very life with praise. Why? Because she has the fear of God in her heart. There's a constant burning in her belly for more of him, not more of you, not more stuff. There's a constant burning in her life for more of God. That woman, you need to festoon her life with praise. I love that word festoon. Y'all going to start using that. Watch. I'm walking around like, baby, today I'm going to festoon you. Festoon. I looked that up. I said, that's a nice word. I like that. Here's the second thing you ought to do. There has to be a growing trust. And, and, and let, let me break that down. Let me, let, me, let me break that down. The growing trust. Song of Solomon 1, 5 and 6. Watch this. This is the woman speaking again. She says, 
I am dark but beautiful, O women of Jerusalem, dark as the tents of Kadar, dark as the curtains of Solomon's tents. Oh, don't, don't, don't stare at me because I am dark. The sun has darkened my skin. My, my brothers were angry with me. They forced me to care for their vineyard so I couldn't take care of myself, my own vineyard. Y'all know what's, y'all know what's going on? She's fine. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. She, she knows she's beautiful because she's already caught this guy's eye because of her character. But she lacks confidence in herself. She doesn't think she's fine. It was, let, me, let me tell you why this whole dark skin thing, it had nothing to do with race for the record. It wasn't because of racial things. It was because it, 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 it was a class thing. If your skin was dark in those days, it was evident that you worked outside in the fields and you were looked down upon. You were, you were, you were looked at in a lower class. If your skin was dark, it had marks, it, it, it looked like you had been burnt by the sun, yeah, they looked down upon you because they were saying like, you can't afford to have somebody work your field, so obviously you're poor and you're not one of us. Na 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 boo boo. Lighter-skinned women, fair-skinned women were, were held to a higher prestige. Men wanted uh, fair-skinned women back in those days because they were in a different class structure. And here she is lacking low self-esteem. She's got the man's eye already from the character, but she still doesn't feel that's enough. So she's like, please don't look down upon me because of my dark skin. Here, let, me, let me give you an excuse as to why my skin is dark and why I've neglected myself. They, they, they made me do it. And so what he needs to do, and he, you'll see later on he does it, is give her the security that, baby, I don't care if your skin is burnt, bleached, or whatever. You can have spots. Baby, you are fine. I love you. It's all about you. Why? Because you got me at, a, at, at, at hello when I saw that you had godly character. You had me at hello. When I, when I heard you say amen, it was a wrap. I was in there. When, when, when you began to say you were a Proverbs 31 woman, I was gone. I couldn't wait to festoon you. Yeah, right, I'm going to leave it alone. (laughs) She lacked self-confidence. So there had to be a growing trust. He had to work his tail off to make her feel good about the skin she was in. He had to do some things to make her feel like she's the greatest thing ever that God created. That she was indeed the real Eve and the other Eve was an imposter. He had to bust his tail to make her feel like the world literally belonged to her and her only. That there was not even another woman in the world that existed except for her. He had to break down barriers and walls of bad self-confidence in order to show her, baby, it's all about me and you, we're already divided by our cultural stuff. We're already divided by our class stuff. But that doesn't mean anything because I want you and you alone. This woman was very insecure. So he, he, he had to build that up. And brothers, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you are, if you are married and your wife has a child, oh man, she feels insecure the moment that that belly rises the moment that that, that, that that baby comes out and her body looks a little bit different. No matter how much you tell her, baby, you're fine. No, 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 don't cover up. Don't cover up. Let me look at you for a while. You've got to make her feel good about herself. I remember, y'all have seen my wife. She is like really thin, okay? She, she popped out three babies. The, the, listen, the smallest one 
was eight pounds and some change. That was the smallest one. That, that was the smallest one. My wife ain't, she doesn't weigh 100 pounds yet, right? That was the smallest baby that came out, eight pounds and some change. It's a big baby. And I always tell her, and she's always, you know, she's she always trying to cover up. I says, no, no, no. Listen, you can still wear a two-piece. You're fine. You're beautiful. But even she has this self-confidence about her body because of what, what happened during pregnancy. Her body doesn't look good to her. And I'm like, no, it's perfect, my love. No, nobody got a body like you. You can wear a two-piece. And li- listen, if, if we were, you know, in a different world, I would let you just go with a leaf. But I don't trust men looking at my woman that way. I might have to forget that I'm a Christian, Joe. But really, it's a constant, constant security. Let me tell y'all something. When I met my wife, she did something that was impressive, but it almost killed me. Uh, We were dating. I just so happened to be hanging out with my friends. Uh, We were down, you know, checking out the historic sites of Atlanta. We just felt that we wanted to do that. Some of my best friends in ministry to this day. And so I decided to call her up. I says, hey, me and my boys are in, in, in town. We're in the area. We're down in Midtown. She had a condo in Midtown. I says, I just wanted to call you and see what you were up to. Maybe you could meet us for lunch because we were getting ready to have lunch. She says, no, no, no. I'll cook for you all. So she wanted to really impress my boys. Like if she cooked a meal for me and my boys, my boys are going to be like, that's the one you got to marry her, bro. She, and let me tell you, she cooked. She made some curry chicken. But there were pieces of it that were not completely cooked. And so I could have, you know, died from salmonella, you know, (laughs) you know. But now let me tell you something. Now that we're married, my wife has the, the, this, this, this wonderful talent of making certain dishes Cajun unintentionally. And, and, and even if it's unintentional Cajun style, kind of dark on the outside, y'all know what I'm talking about, blackened, if you will. Y'all have had blackened. She does it unintentionally. I still say, man, baby. I, I see what you were trying to do. You, you wanted to blacken this bread. That's just some good blackened bread. Nobody blackened bread like you. I can't see that far. Thank you. That, nobody makes blackened bread like you. In other words, I build up her confidence. No matter what, she can do no wrong in my eyes. I'm always going to be telling her how wonderful she is. Here's the other thing. I, I got to keep this thing moving. So, so you've got to have the godly character. You, you've got to develop that. You've got to be looking for that. You've got to have a growing trust. You've got to develop that, but you've got to be looking for that. Here's the third thing. You've got to have higher standards. This is to have some high standards. Watch this. Song of Solomon 1 through 7 says this. It's 1, 1 and 7. It says this. Tell me, my love, where are you leading your flock today? Where will you rest your sheep at noon? For why should I wander like a prostitute among your friends and their flocks? Let me tell you what she meant by that. She literally asked him, during the daytime, when everybody else is around, during the light, not after midnight, because we know that's the booty call. I'm just going to say what it is. During the day, where are you going to be? Because that will be the time where everybody can see us together and we're going to spend the time together. Because everybody else, those prostitutes, they come in twilight at midnight. I'm not going to be like them. I have standards. I want to see you during the day. 
I'm not going to do what the prostitutes do. In other words, I'm not going to sleep with you before we're married. I'm not going to let you see my goodies before we're married. I'm not going to let you, listen, we're not going to even do any of that before marriage. Where are you during the day outside? And that's where we're going to hook up. That's where we're going to meet. That's where we're going to connect. She didn't want to be like them. She refused to lower her standards. She refused to put her relationship with God at risk. She refused to even make him think that he was going to get any by meeting him after hours. And, 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 and here, here's what I want to say, and, and this is not to make nobody feel bad or nothing. Everybody can't do the same thing. But one of the greatest things that I noticed, my wife and I, when we met, we were, we were, we were both on that same course in our lives. And just so happened to notice we were on the same course and thought, wow, wow, she's be, she'd be a great partner to continue this course with. I met her. I was abstinent. And there was a reason because I had lived my life just the opposite of that. I was terrible. And I said, I'm tired of living my life that way. I'm tired of waking up and, and like, are you going to go home? I'm tired of being asked, are you standing? I know I'm tired of that lifestyle. So I was abstinent. She was abstinent. It was perfect. And I didn't want it until I found my wife. And we waited, literally, until we were married to consecrate our marriage. Not everybody can do that, but that was the greatest thing. That's something that no matter what happens in this world, I always have that. We always have that. And I'm not saying it's bad if you didn't. It's not. I'm not saying that. I'm totally not saying that. But it's so beautiful, and I'm speaking to my single folk. Hold out. Keep your standards high. Because here's what happens. If it happens before you're married, right? You'll have the honeymoon, and on the honeymoon, it'll be just like another day at the office because y'all been doing that. And I'm not knocking that. People, we all do stuff, okay? But what I'm saying is if you can hold out single people, it's the most pure thing that could happen. It's so wonderful, and it's not perfect because you're going to spend a long time learning each other like your very first time. It's the most beautiful thing. And this woman is setting her marriage up to be like that. She's setting up her marriage to be that way. In our culture, I'm telling you right now, in our culture, it's so normal. It's so normal for people to have premarital sex. Matter of fact, if you didn't, you looked that funny. It's normal for us to live together outside of marriage. This is not a beat-up time. This is a conversation. It's normal for us to shack. It's normal for us to go uh, uh, do whatever we want. But it's also normal for us to have messy marriages. It's normal for us to have jacked-up marriages. It's normal for our divorce rate to be as high as it is. Why? Because we have nothing to look forward to once we say, I do, because we did everything before we said, I do. Everything has been done. The do has been done. And we need to bring back, I know it's old school, I know it's kind of corny to some people, but it's the reality as to why we need to bring this back so that we can have God as the head. It's not easy, but it's doable. It's not impossible, but anything worth having is worth, is worth doing so we can bring that back. And here's the thing. I've heard of men. I know men personally who, who, who didn't start their marriage that way, who didn't start their marriage where it's like they waited. I know men like that, but what, you know what they've done? These men have literally said, you know what, man, we, we messed up. But, God, we repent for what we've done. God, you're the head. Everything we do, we need you to be there. We're going to pray even before we do the do. We're going to do. It, men have repented and asked God for forgiveness. But, listen, that is so cute. Here's what I want to tell you. That may seem corny to wait. That may seem corny to hold off. But watch this. Here's what I know. If you want something better and something different, you have to do something different. 
If you want to do something different, if you want something different, you got to do something different. If everybody else is doing it, you can't do it. You've got to do something different. God has a different standard than our culture. Here's, here's the options. There's two options. It's plain and simple. It's, it's, not, it's not gray. It's black and white. It's simple as this. There are two options. You can honor God together, you and the person you're dating, or you can sin together. Either you honor God together and you build a relationship together built on foundations of a Christian life, or you sin together. Build your foundation on sinning. It's up to you. Up to you. She kept her, 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 her standards high. All right, I'll move on. Point four, there was consistent encouragement. Consistent encouragement. Song of Solomon 1 and 9 says this, You are as as exciting, my darling, as a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. When he said mare, I was like, that's a horse, isn't it? So So you're saying that I can say she's a nag? But I was like, no, you're not saying that. <laughs> I'm not going to get myself in trouble. Let me tell you how deep this was. Let me tell you how deep this was when she was, de- when, 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 de- when describing her as rare. You are as exciting, my darling, as, as a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. This particular mare, this stallion, was a white stallion. And one of the most powerful men in the land. This, this mare was so important to that culture that it had deity attached to it. This mare, this horse was godly to them. And he's saying that you are as rare and perfect and pristine and godly as a mare in Pharaoh's chariot. You are beautiful. You are perfect. A constant encouragement. Remember before, she's like, oh, my skin, I'm so dark, whatever. He's like, no, no, no. You are a prized animal. You are beyond value. I remember when Erica, my wife, started homeschooling. Things were okay for us financially. I was working a lot as a musician full time. But then God called me to lead a church. I I went to God, and then I went to my wife. And I says, baby, for us to, listen, God is calling me to do this, this church thing, to, to plant this church, to lead a church. And had my wife said, well, God, I didn't hear that same call. We wouldn't have done it. I'm telling you, you wouldn't have a pastor called Broderick Maurice Santiago today. It may have been a Mosaic church, but I wouldn't have been leading it. But God spoke to my wife. And I sat there and I said, well, let's get practical. This means I may go without a salary and I have to give up being a musician full time. This means that we could be what they call in the poor class. We could be low income. We may qualify to get benefits. That's how poor we may be. And this is what my wife said. If this is what God is telling you to do, who am I to say any different? I don't care about how much money we have. I don't care about how big the house is. We're going to follow God. Oh, my goodness. That's a godly woman right there. Just thinking about it makes me fall in love with her all over again. Literally. She didn't trust me. She trusted the God in me. She knew that was a God-given plan to do what we're doing. And I will tell you, the finances are jacked up. But I tell you what, we are a happy family. If you've come to my house, you see happy. We woke up the kids this morning with the cowbell happy. That's just who we are. We're a crazy bunch of Santiago's. I had the cowbell, everybody sleep. Ding, 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 ding. You know, we just, we're a happy family. And my wife was joining me, shaking maracas. 
waking them up. We had a good time. We are happy because we're doing what God has called us to do. And my wife said, baby, I don't care if we're living in a tent. I don't care if we're living in a shack. I'm going to decorate that shack or tent so it makes it feel like it's a home. But you better follow God and I'm with you. Because she had godly character. And, and, and she just so happened to be fine too. Thank God for that. Lord, thank you, Jesus. encouragement there are times I've literally left this thing and I'm in the car and I'm just crying my wife's like what's wrong I'm like I don't know if I, if I heard God of myself why because there were like 10 people at church and my wife was like keep going love on those people serve those people those 10 needed to be there baby Oh, you preached, you preached the lights off today. I'll be like, oh, don't stop. What else? What else? What else? What else? She's like, and, and, and the way you strut across the stage, ooh, you look so good. What else? What else? Oh, what else? Keep going. She encourages me. And every time she does that, I know exactly how it feels to be Superman. Every time she encourages me, I know exactly how it feels to be the most powerful man in the land. And that's all I need, constant encouragement. Guys, man, that's, that's so powerful. Here, here's a, here it is, and we're going to wrap it up here. If you do these things, uh, if you do these things, let me share something with you. Watch what happens in Song of Solomon 1, 15 and 16. He says, how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful your eyes are like doves. You are so handsome, my love, pleasing beyond words. Listen, when I encourage her, let me tell you something. The other day, somebody called my wife. She always gets these offers. They called my wife. They says, hey, we want you to be a business partner for our company. And my wife was discouraged, like, no, I don't do that software training. I've been out the game for a long time. I just grab her clothes and say, baby, you are the female Michael Jordan in your industry. Nobody does what you do the way you do it. They called you. You didn't even put your name out there, girl. You are more than awesome. Matter of fact, you are Mrs. Santiago, and the Santiago's are awesome together. You go and tell them people what you want, and if they don't give them what you want, give you what you want, you just say no, and we keep it moving. That woman looked at me and said, and called them people and said, here's what I need. They didn't meet her needs. She was like, bye-bye. And, and because I made her feel good, this is what happens. Watch this. Watch this. I made her feel good. I encouraged her. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what happens. When I treat her right, when I treat her right, oh, man, I look so much better in her eyes. All of a sudden, when I say what I said to her and encourage her, she couldn't do nothing but kiss me first. She couldn't do nothing but grab my face and say, dang, I'm a lucky woman. Where did you come from? And it was a... Good night at the Santiago household. Here are the results when you do those things. Hallelujah, somebody. When you do all those things, when you have the godly character, when you are growing, you have the growing trust, when you keep your standards high, and when you are constantly encouraging, there are some results that happen as, as, because of that. Watch this. We go to Psalms, uh, Song of Solomon 2, verse 1 through 2. Watch what happens. Remember, before she had low self-esteem, this is what happens. He's, she says, he done built me up. Now, this is what he's saying. He says, I, she says, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the young women. He's like, baby, you are rare. You are so fine. And she's like, he done boost me up so good. I feel 
special. When you do those things, brother, your woman, your wife, she feels special. And that's a big deal. Here's a second thing, and we're going to wrap it right here. She feels secure. When you do all the things, those things, you have the godly character, you have the high standards, and you're constantly encouraging her, right? When you do all of those things and there's a growing trust, she feels secure. Listen, like an apple, she says in Song Song of Songs 2 and 3, like an apple tree among trees of the forest is my beloved among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade. His shade is the security. It's the covering. And his fruit is sweet to my taste. There are four things every husband needs to be. Get this right today, guys, if you don't have it now. Four things. A husband needs to be, number one, a pastor. You are the spiritual head of your household. You pray together. You, you lead them. You decide where y'all go to church. You make sure they go to church, okay? You lead the Bible study. You lead prayer, right? You are supposed to be a provider. That don't mean you have to make the most money, right? But you provide. You decide where that money goes and comes. You are the provider. You are the protector. You don't just protect your family physically. You protect them emotionally and spiritually. Nobody's going to say bad things about your wife. Nobody's going to disrespect your wife. Nobody's going to say anything ill about your wife. You, pers- you, 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 you protect her character. And here's the most important part. You have to be her lover. And I'm not saying, I know guys are like, oh, man, I got that. <laughs> no, no. You have to love her, not make love to her, but love her. When she's not feeling good about herself, she's not feeling good about the situation. When, 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 when things don't look good, you need to love her through it. I don't care what you need. Your emotional tank can be empty. Her needs are always more important than yours. You are required to be her pastor, her provider, her protector, and most importantly, her lover. Brothers, we got to step that up. We've got to do that today. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.